Welcome survivors, burnout community, and those disinterested. It's Kelly Bubolt's owner, trainer, and burnout prevention mentor at KB Training Connections. Burnout is not taboo, it's a reality in this fast-paced society. But we are not gonna let it drive the narrative to our stories. We're gonna do something about it. So let's dig in. About recovery. I was wondering, why can't I deal with things like I used to? I used to be super resilient and bounce back. And then during my burnout recovery and during the research that I provide my burnout community, I realized that 91% of people do not cope with stress in a healthy manner. I'm one of those 91. If you are too, keep listening and we're going to go through some tips on coping with stress. So the first one is, what outlets are you using to cope with your stress? So when a stressor comes in, it starts a stress cycle. This cycle will continue until you relieve it. It will just keep going over and over and over again. So there's only a couple ways to get rid of this stress cycle. Exercise, so basically sweating it out to relieve the stress. It could be meditation or journaling to, to kind of sort through your thoughts and put them into a manner that you can sort through. It could be positive thinking around it, turning the negative into a positive. What are you learning from it? What did you achieve from it? And the fourth one is removing the stressor so that the stress cycle can release. So when I dug into these stress coping techniques, that's just a stress cycle. But how can you sustain it? You don't know when a stress cycle is really necessarily starting unless you are so in tune with your body mannerisms that the blood pressure is rising, that you have those little ticks of irritation. So I'm going to go through three categories that I've discovered that helped me cope with stress just a little bit easier. It didn't solve all my problems, but it certainly got me started. So the first category is journaling questions. I'm not a big diary fan. I don't like to write about my mushy-gushy stuff. I'd rather coach other people on it. But then I realized I wasn't doing myself any favors. And actually, I could be a better coach to my leaders if I practice it myself. Practice what you preach, right? So here's some journaling questions to review, preferably in the morning or at night. So in the morning, the first 15 minutes, you can reach your subconscious and really do the most work um, where your actions are coming out in response to reality. At night, you can sleep at ease knowing that your thoughts are sorted through. So it might ease in your sleep and recovery through the night and wake up with a fresh view. So here's three journaling questions I want you to think about. And I don't want you to just to think about them. I want you to think about them and then write it down. So the whole purpose of journaling is taking those brain thoughts and articulating them into words that you now put down in writing. Because you actually kind of call yourself out. You get rid of some of the excuses when you have to write it down. So say if I think that this person is irritating because she doesn't do enough work during the day and I have to pick up her slack. When I write that down in writing, one, it sounds super harsh. But two, it kind of gets me to reflect on how I played in that game as well. Did I establish healthy boundaries with her to tell her I'm taking on your workload? Where do you need help? Maybe I need to ask questions of, are you missing some facts or information on how to do this. Maybe she just doesn't know how to do it. I just make all these assumptions and then take on all this pain and suffering. So what journaling does is it kind of creates the call out effect of your thought to say, how did I play part in it? And how am I going to take action on it? So here's the three questions. 
The first one is, what did you do for self-growth today? It is very easy for us to blame others because there's no work in it. You can, you can make excuses, blame others, point the finger, and have to do nothing, no action. And that's what the brain wants to do. It's an efficient beast. It, it doesn't mean that negatively, it just wants to be super efficient. So it's efficient to blame others because you don't have to take any action on it. So what did you do for self-growth today? So that could be as simple as a podcast. It could be listening and meeting a little differently, active listening. It could be this difficult person came at me and instead of responding like I normally do, I took a lesson of maybe what I'm not meeting in their needs or expectations. So self-growth can be as small as those little lessons through the day. Or it could be a little bit bigger like going to a training or podcast or reading a book or an article. So what do you do for self-growth today? I want you to write that down. The second question is, what do you do for health today? So my burnout recovery, I made a lot of excuses why my employer got me in burnout. But when I look at some things I did for health, it was not the appropriate stress coping mechanisms that I should have been using. For example, if I would come up a bad meeting or had a bad interaction, when it came lunchtime, I would disregard my lunch, go across the street to McDonald's and get a hot fudge sundae and dip fries in it. It was like my go-to stressor. Sometimes it was once a week. Sometimes I would go weeks without it. Sometimes I would go a couple times during the week. What kind of a lunch is that? And in a stress mode where my organs need proactive fuel, I am just drowning them in organ fuel fire food, which is fast food and sugars. So what did you do for health today? So that could be exercise. It could be as small as going for a walk, sitting outside with some fresh air for some fresh air therapy, clearing your mind. It could be a vigorous workout like weightlifting, running. It could be eating healthy instead of eating the donuts that are sitting out. What did you do for health today? Sometimes that question is going to be hard to answer. Sometimes it's going to be easy. The third question, which is going to be kind of hard, but this is probably where you're going to have your most growth. What's the biggest excuse you use today? Now, when I work with leaders, it takes a couple sessions for them to even start giving me excuses. And I start calling them out. But how often do we call ourselves out? It's so easy for us to leave a poor review on a restaurant or a service or a product or or maybe make a comment with someone on the internet we don't like or disagree with their opinion. But when do we become our own critics? Certainly it's the self-doubt and the negative thinking, but when do we actually call our excuses out? If you were a product and you weren't delivering up to the expectations, who is writing the poor review? Who is correcting the quality of your performance? And that's what journaling's about is increasing the performance you're putting out every day. It doesn't necessarily mean you need more energy and you need more effort and you need to do more things. Sometimes it just means you need better quality of actions throughout the day. So what is the biggest excuse you use today? Mine, my top three excuses were I'm tired, I'm busy, or I don't have time. And when I started correcting those, when I started stopping myself from saying those things, when I, at the end of the night, I would have all three and the next day I would try to reroute a little bit better, maybe down to two excuses, I started to see things shift. I started to see things change, especially the tired one. When you're in burnout, you are tired all the time. So when does your plan begin? When does your recovery begin? When do you start coping with stress? 
If you don't take any action, nothing good will come of that. You'll just go further and burn out. So that's the first category is journaling questions. I want you to do that either every morning or every night or both. The second category is positive thinking. So this is one of the parts that you can do to get rid of stress cycles. But when you do it in a more continuous manner, it actually just becomes habitual and you don't even know you're doing it. You don't even have to work for it. You just become those positive, happy people that are very grateful for their life that they're giving and the lessons that are presented to them. So here's three things you can ask yourself. Again, you can journal it, which will make the biggest impact in your growth, or you can just think about it and start reflecting on the actions through the day. So in the positive thinking category, here's the three questions. First one is, what's a win today? No sarcasm. No, oh, well, I'm alive today. Or, oh, well, this person didn't come to my office, so I didn't have to deal with that difficult person. No sarcasm. What was an actual win today? And sometimes people think wins are so big, and they can be as small as, I did not go to McDonald's and get a sundae and fries today when I was stressed. That's a huge win. I'm coping with stress in a healthy manner. That's huge. Maybe it wins. I finally got that project or through all my emails today that were overwhelming me. Maybe it's I got all my kids out with their shoes on, coats and hats, and no one was fighting. What's a simple win you had today? The second question is, what challenge is a gift teaching you today? So what challenge, difficult person, difficult situation happened that was a gift that taught you something? Sometimes when we're dealing with difficult people, and man, do I have some stories after 15 years of working in HR manufacturing where I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't know why this person has to be this way. Why why do they have to be this way? Do you know how much stress is around that statement? But then I realized each one of those people taught me something. They taught me how to respond. They taught me patience. They taught me when to express empathy and when I had to take action. And actually, when I look and reflect on 15 years of HR work from my first year in HR to the 15th year, how easily I can constructively give feedback to someone so that I don't have to terminate them. Or how easily I can be proactive in the procedures and processes that we do so that we don't have to write people up later. We set up the systems correctly so that we don't have to get into those difficult situations. It's teaching you something. Even the really difficult things I want you to ask. What did I get better at because I had that experience? So you have these challenges on a weekly, daily, hourly basis, maybe, depending where you work, what you're going on. What is it teaching you? And it's interesting that people like to reflect on what other people don't have to go through that they're going through. And I will tell you that nothing of growth comes of that. You're staying so busy in other people's business, you're not taking care of your own business. Let me say that again. You are so busy worrying about other people's business that you're not taking care of your own business. And you will find much peace when you understand that statement and start practicing it. So here's the third question under the positive thinking category. How will you solve the problem to get the desired outcome? So a lot of times in burnout or any kind of difficult situation when we're blaming other people's is We are just continuing the cycle. We're continuing the path that we're on. And what I found in conflict resolution working in HR is if you start changing some actions, because you're the only one that can change, you don't own other people, so you are the only one that can change. 
If you start changing your actions, you can start getting different outcomes. So how will you solve the problem to get the desired outcome you want? For example, when I deal with conflict resolution with two people that don't get along, they will continue the same verbiage, same emails, same talk to each other over and over again, wondering why they're not getting the desired outcome. And when I ask them of each other's expectations that are not being met, and they come to a resolution, a middle ground, things start to change. And actually, what's interesting is sometimes those two people that had the most difficult situations become the best of friends or the best of peers because they overcame an experience together, but they're more alike than you think. So what are these people teaching you and how can you solve it to get the outcome you want? If you don't want to stay in pain and suffering and you want to get to peace, then what are you going to change to get the desired outcome? So those are the three questions under positive thinking. The third category is how are you surrounding yourself with the environment? And this is probably a game changer in not only being an entrepreneur, creating my own business, but in my burnout recovery. When I started realizing the things that were causing me pain, I rerouted to things that brought me joy or that I needed to reroute to, and I surrounded myself with them. So there's three areas, I call them the three P's that you want to surround yourself with. And it's that whole notion around do not surround yourself with who you are right now. Surround yourself with who you want to become. So here's how I did it in the three P's. One, podcasts and books. The first P is podcasts and books. I never listened to a podcast in my life until 2021. I always thought it was like murder mysteries and like self-help books and things like that. And I started listening to it and I was learning things at lightning speed. And I realized I've been missing out. There's so many beautiful minds and intellectual minds out there that can provide you free information. Actually, if I would look back at my college career and what I learned from professors versus what I've learned in podcasts over the last 10 months, I probably wouldn't have went to college. Because I have the ambition to keep grabbing information and growing from it. Now, maybe some of you in different professions uh, wouldn't want to go that route. But in HR, it's all about people. And you can learn a lot about people through podcasts and books. And then going through the experiences and taking action. So podcasts and books. I have some examples on my website. They're under self-growth worksheets to give you some examples to get started, but certainly wherever you're struggling, that's where you want to focus. And it's a simple Google search on best podcast for conflict resolution, best podcast for leadership, best podcast for positive mindset. Holy cow. If you do anything, work on mindset, podcasts, or books, because that can relate to anything in your life. Marital issues, people issues, conflict resolution, leadership, career growth. Mindsets and everything. So the first piece, podcasts and books, surround yourself with it. My routine was on the way to work, I would listen to a podcast. On the way home, I would listen to music. Or maybe I would listen to another podcast depending on my day. Uh, When I got ready for work, even though my kids were crazy, I might listen to a 15-minute podcast. I basically followed a bunch of people where I could do a quick click, just like working out, right? You want to make it as quick and easy as possible. And then I would I would just do it. It was part of my routine. Books was a little more difficult for me. I've never been a huge book reader. In college, even as part of my education, I hated reading books. But I realized it was about, I did not like the theory-based books. 
I need the practical application, things that were actually exercised and proven. And so when I started going down the route that I actually liked, I started really moving the needle and reading books. And then I moved it a little more and I gave up TV at night and would read a book. And I gave up a little more that when the kids would rest around like nap time, I would maybe read a couple more chapters. And I started just growing at lightning speed from surrounding myself with all this intellectual forward moving information of where I want to go. The second P is people. This one is hard because it is very difficult the longer the relationship is to cut ties. But there are some friends that I have that do not aid in where I want to go. They're either very discriminatory. They make comments. They're so close-minded. They're people that are still doing the things the same way as when they were like 22, where, you know, at five o'clock they need to bust open their beer and they think it's like the coolest thing ever. I'm just over that. And I realize looking at those Snapchat pictures or videos or seeing their IG stories that I was surrounding myself with that's okay. And in Brno, that's that's not okay. In any situation, it's not okay to cope with stress through alcohol or drugs. So I started deleting those people. It's very easy on social media to unfollow people, defriend people. They don't know most of the time. There's so much social media out there they don't even know. Don't, do not feel bad because they're not worrying about you. There's also people that during my burnout recovery did not support me or support my business in a way that was negative. So I'm not talking they wouldn't share my posts or they didn't check in on me. I'm talking about the people that said, hey, you're being too whiny. You should keep that stuff to yourself. Or burnout is weak. You should try this. Those people I no longer surround myself with. So essentially, if they are not good for you, you need to remove them. The third P is pictures. So uh, some of my leaders, as part of their coaching program, I reduce phone time. And it's so that they can clear their mind for creativity, innovation, and energy for their team. Now, I do not completely get them off social media because social media does have an impact. That's how you can learn about other mindsets and keep yourself open-minded. You can check in with people's struggles. You can get those inspirational quotes to get you through the day or get you started. So what we did is we groomed their social media. So for example, IG, if you follow the right people, your whole feed can be inspirational. I wake up and there's five five real areas that I have in my IG and that's homesteading, gluten-free recipes, mindset, coaching, and leadership authors. So when I wake up, there's only five areas of content that surround my mindset in the morning, my my input of my subconscious when I finally go on. And that is the difference in waking up in response mode to negativity, political opinions, people's rants, and where I want to go. So I'm surrounding myself with things that I want to do, where I want to go, my happiness, my, my joy. And the whole day changes. See, you can't help yourself, especially if you're already on social media, to go out there. So if you can't help yourself, you need to have the right inputs coming in. If you're filling your sensories with crap, that's exactly how you're going to feel and what you're going to put out. If you fill yourself with inspiration where you want to go, impactful people, you'll start doing impactful actions and you won't even know you're doing it. 
So surround yourself with the environment that you want to go to. Surround yourself with positivity and suddenly the world starts looking different. I will tell you, this happened in a matter of days. When I surrounded myself with podcasts and, and the appropriate books that I wanted to go into, the appropriate people, I cleaned out all the crap. And then pictures, I grew my social media in a matter of days, probably five, six days. My mood was totally different by the weekend. My mindset was so positive. I couldn't believe how fast that worked. That's how heavy those inputs can be. Again, if you're looking for examples, head out to my website to grab the free self-growth worksheet to get you started. It's just a few nuggets to get you going, but do what you enjoy. If you enjoy cars or repairing cars, surround yourself with that. If you enjoy knitting or crafting, surround yourself with that. Why are we surrounding ourselves with things that we don't have to? Somehow, someone put that in our mind that we have to follow or be around things that we don't have a choice on what we listen to, which is podcasts, what we read, which is books, the people we're around, and the pictures that are inputting in our sensories. Surround yourself with the good stuff, and good stuff will start to happen. So I hope those stress coping tips aid in not only your burnout recovery, but the sustainability back to energy. Journaling questions should be done daily. Positive thinking should be done daily. Surrounding yourself with a positive environment is done daily. This is not like a, oops, I went to the gym, it's crossed off for the week. This is, if you want to truly move back to energy, start doing the work. What's your plan? You can't just continue with the way things are. What's your plan? I'll tell you as a burnout survivor, it takes one step and you start seeing the effects and you want to do more and you want to do more. It's almost like a drug. Like you start feeling that energy and like yourself again. And I will tell you after seven months of recovery and doing these type of techniques, I am a much better person. I'm more proactive. I'm more positive. I've gotten rid of some toxic relationships that should have been gone a long time ago. My business started moving like crazy. So in the pit of despair, if you are there, I want you to know you will come out a better performer in your actions, in your relationships, in your life. Embrace the process and keep moving. If you need any other tips and tricks, I hope that I see you November 18th for a free online training where we discuss with Dr. Greg Abbott, a holistic healer. And he obviously knows a lot about the body and what stress can do to it. But he talks specifically around the holidays, what we can do to help cope with stress and all that extra request that comes into our life. If you missed the training, no problem. I'll be pulling the audio here. I'll see you soon. You cannot recover from burnout with prescriptions, procedures, or surgeries. Come join a holistic community specializing in burnout to begin your recovery. Each month for only $10, get a specialist lecture, worksheets, and action planning delivered right to your email. Take it from a burnout survivor when I say your recovery begins with just one action step. Burnout is a confusing and lonely, lonely journey. I want you to know you are not alone. I hope to see you here again for more recovery tips and education. If you enjoyed this episode, please share with your family and friends. If no one shared the word burnout with me, I don't know where I would be today. See you soon.